Hello there. This is Barb and Vicki G. A mother and daughter reunited after 30 years. Welcome to our podcast, Stronger in the Broken Places. This is what you'll say. I can see peace instead of this. I could see peace. I could see peace instead. You just heard the fabulous Carol Heffler, jazz pianist, composer, and singer with her wonderful album, I Could See Peace. And there's more. She is the best. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Carol. Oh, it's my pleasure. Such a beautiful song. And I love the, um, I don't know, I just love the message of that. It's just gorgeous. Well, it's A Course in Miracles is what it is. And um, I wanted it, I didn't want it to be a slow tempo. I wanted it to have some liveliness to it. And I love Latin mm -hmm. rhythms in bossa nova. A lot of my music has that in it. So it just, it just kind of came together. Does the music come in your head? Does it happen as you're writing it? How does that whole process work? Well, that's for a you? really good question because um, people do it differently. Other songwriters mm -hmm. that I've talked to, I always get the lyrics first or the mm -hmm. words, whatever they are. It always starts as a phrase that kind of builds and more words come and I have to rush and you know, write them down. And there's a there's kind of a rhythm that comes from the words too. Exactly right. There? So the next step is that the music comes from the words. It it just kind of blossoms out of the words, uh, and then I hear the melody, and then the harmony just kind of fits into place once I have the melody. Do you sit at a musical instrument to to play with that? Yeah, I sit at the piano. Yeah, yeah, I I do everything on piano and I write everything by hand. I have never been able to figure out any of that software. Oh, me neither. I, <laughs> I wish I could. I hate that. You know, I wish I could too. I wish I could say I do it on, on that and be all high tech, but I have everything written by hand. Uh, but I kind of like the process of doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's meditative. And mm -hmm. that song though, what you did with it has such strength and power in mm -hmm. the message and joy. It, I just love everything oh, about you. it. I think yeah. it's one of my favorites. Well, it's um, if you know A Course in Miracles at all, it's, you know, it's a big, thick book, and it's uh, divided into three parts, the text, the workbook, and the teacher for manuals. And I chose right. all of my songs from the workbook because they're the easiest to understand. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the text is, is much more dense. And... Uh, so I chose workbook lessons that were most important to me. I took it from the words in the book, but I, but I changed them around. And I, of course I had to alter them to rhyme at the end to turn the words into lyrics. And I also added some words of my own. Like for instance, there's a line that says, um, am I a victim of what I see? Can I be a victim of me? And that's not in the book, but mm. it just came out of that verse. So yeah, I, I wow. always do a few things like that. 
Oh, I love that. Well, that, yeah, because that's what makes it, I think it elevates it into that fusion of your, your vision and the other original works vision. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get this message out into the world mm-hmm. in a musical form. I had been singing jazz for about 10 years, jazz standards, the American songbook. And I love that music. It's a lot of fun oh, to yeah. sing, but I just got to the point where it, you know, it didn't have any meaning. I, it was, it's mm-hmm. all romance and sadness and the blues. And if I'm going to sing something, I want it to be positive. I want it to be inspiring. I want to put something out there that could help people. How did you find the book? Had you read it, you know, in, as part of a class or? Oh, that's, yeah, that's an interesting um, story is that my husband and I and our son were living down in St. David's, Pennsylvania. And as so often happens, we've moved a lot, but often it happens that you meet somebody you just love when you're about to move. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. It's so sad. And I met a woman named Aileen Bosworth, a British woman, and she had been studying the course for many, many years with Ken Wapnick, who is a a big leader in Course in Miracles. He's deceased now, but she introduced me to the book and I started reading it on my own, uh, which is difficult. It really is I think you really need a class. And so once we moved back to New Jersey, I did get a a class um, in a Unitarian church. But then we moved again to to Lambertville. And um, I was just thrilled to find a a wonderful teacher named Gail Dulcy in Pennsylvania. And I've been Mm -hmm. studying with her for about 17 years. And I still go to her class on Tuesdays, except, you know, in Pennsylvania, it's 10 to 12. Here it is, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. <laughs> so I am really dedicated, I'll you tell you. Are. Yeah. Oh, that's terrific. I love that you turned in this direction because every one of those songs is deeply meaningful. Yeah. Well, the way that I wrote those songs, I, I described before the way I, I write every song, the words first and then the music, but mm-hmm. it was different with these because after I chose a particular lesson, before I started writing at my keyboard, I would close my eyes and clear my mind to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me because that Holy Spirit was definitely part of this. I, I, it was really a collaboration. I never experienced that before and it was so wonderful. Hasn't happened since, it never happened before. Sometimes I would stop in the middle of writing when I come up against a roadblock and I would just get really quiet and and listen for guidance so um we did it together wow yeah it really happened that that. way (laughs) well that's that's exactly what I was reading about A Course in Miracles that's exactly what the experience was for the woman that transcribed Helen Shockman Mm -hmm. yeah and she I mean she wasn't Christian she was Jewish she was really not interested in spiritual things at all. And um, she kept hearing these, hearing it in her head and she felt Mm -hmm. like she had to write it down. And it was so much that she got a couple of people to help her. And that was kind of the way it started. How did your musical journey start? Did you major in music in college? Did, were you uh, a musical as a child? Have you played piano all your life? 
Yeah, I, I have actually in both things. I started piano lessons when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I always sung in choirs in the church choir, um, mm -hmm. you know, the all city chorus when I got a little bit older. And I loved it because it was, it was my thing that I had just for myself. You know, I have two younger brothers and um, yeah, it, it, was, it was my thing. I didn't have any other thing but that I felt. Um, and I took classical piano lessons. And then when I got to high school, I started listening to, uh, to jazz, especially Dave Brubeck. Oh yeah. I just loved, loved, loved yeah. him. Yeah. And got a teacher and um, I didn't learn how to improvise, but I was, I just played Dave Brubeck songs. Uh, and that, that was so cool. I loved that. But I kept, I kept it secret from the people I knew in high school. You know what this, I mean, this was, I graduated in 1967. That's how long ago it was. And it was um, the music of the sixties. And I just didn't wanna, I didn't wanna put it out there to my high school friends because it was so different. Um, so yeah, and when I went to college, uh, I did major in music. I went to Hood College in Maryland. I took classical piano and, and classical voice along, I was a music major. So of course, music history theory. And I started writing piano music around, around that time when I was in college. Did you learn songwriting theory, you know, or did they just encourage you to follow your own journey? And how, how much was there technique in your, um, in your songwriting education? There was absolutely nothing. <laughs> it all came, yeah. it all came from me. They don't teach jazz theory in, in uh, college. At least they didn't wow. when I was going, it was classical theory. Right? Well, mm -hmm. fortunately I found a grad school, the University of Massachusetts in Amherst where they do teach jazz theory. Oh, and I, nice. I got my master's in music education there, but it was oh, with a okay. jazz emphasis. I got to, um, you know, listen, they had guest artists like Archie Shepp and Sarah Vaughn and just really wow. top-notch people. Wow. So that was, that was lucky, but um, no, I just, I just started writing music because I felt that I needed to get it out. I, mm -hmm. It was completely um, spontaneous and undisciplined. And, but then the words started to come. That's beautiful. Yeah. It, the very first song I wrote was called Sea Dreams. That's on the first CD. I was on Martha's Vineyard looking out on the ocean sitting on a deck of the house I was staying in and just got this, this feeling that the ocean and the air and myself were all one, that there were no boundaries. It was mm. that feeling of, um, I'm sure you've heard that described before wow. that, that you're one with everything. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I wrote the song about. I have no boundaries, sky and sand. bravest thing that a person can do is to go and sing their especially their own original music 
in public. And I'm so deeply moved by that courage. And I'm just wondering what that's been like for you as a musician, maybe both of you, to play something that you put out into the world. Um, What was that like? And then also I'm curious, have you ever had the experience where people knew the words and you heard them singing what you had written? I I imagine that would be just amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. It's really the best. Oh my God. I have had that experience with I Could See Peace singing Mm -hmm. the chorus because it's so easy. Uh, It's just, you know, that phrase repeated again and again, but it's got a hook. Oh man. (laughs) Um, I was actually very shy when I started singing in church uh, as mm. as an adult, not as a kid, because I didn't care and I didn't know any better. Than, uh, but I used to just shake and be so nervous. I, mm. I didn't know if I could if I could do it. Yeah. And this was in a church choir. It wasn't like you know it was at Carnegie Hall or anything. It was among people I knew. But it just it took a long time for me to get comfortable. But I finally did. You were lucky that you had a, a mother who was musical and who knew music. I think that's wonderful because I didn't have that. You didn't. No, uh, that's I mean, hard. My mother was in the church choir. She she had you know a nice voice and she studied classical guitar for a little while, but she was just never into it. Mm-hmm. She just tried it here and tried it there. Oh yeah, and she would want me to play for people when they came over. Yeah. That was about the extent of it. And she also had got uh, late stage Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. late onset. She just died in July. Um, That's so recent. Yeah, I know it hasn't even been a year, but um, she mm-hmm. did know me right up to the end. Well, that's Which amazing. is amazing. Wow. That was lucky. It's, yeah, it's such a tough journey. My mother was my first teacher. She taught really? me when I was two years old Aww. to sing, I'm a little teapot. I <laughs> still have step. the sheet music. My grandmother <laughs> sent it. Aww. My grandmother played the piano for my mother. And then she would play for me when I visited her. So that was fun. I knew all the, all the songs from the 1900s mm-hmm. all the way to the current. That's incredible. I would say that my experience with The Course in Miracles and writing it was like feeling the divine mother through the Holy Spirit, that that was my experience of, of, um, of mothering through music, which I never had before. Mm. This was, I guess, four, four years before she, before my actual mother died. Uh, this, it was so generous and so willing to share guidance, but you, you know, obviously you can't see a spirit um, but you know, it's there. Yeah. So, so a lot of healing came out of doing this. It, it, CD, it truly right? did. Yes. Yes, it did. So you had a complicated relationship with your mother? I definitely did. Yes. Very difficult. Um, I, I was the only uh, female. I had two younger brothers and um, we had a, we had a tough time together. But yeah. I would say like the last five years, you know, that just all went away because uh, it wasn't important anymore and it wasn't mm-hmm. really important for a long time. But you know how we hang on to things, us humans. Yeah. Sometimes. Caring for my mother was very healing. And at first, 
I was running away from her because I still felt that she held that power over me. Mm. But then I was able to let it go. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's the reparenting yourself, which you did with this spiritual mother. Yeah. And then, and now I have a grandson and yeah, I can, I can do that with him too. Absolutely. Is he musical? Yeah, I think he is. Well, he's, he's not even two yet. He's going to be two at the end of May, but he does like to sing. You can tell. Yeah. By two. Yeah. Because yeah, he was dancing when he was six, six months old. Aww. So he's definitely got rhythm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> I remember one of the speakers at college was a professional concert pianist. He asked, as children, did you sing and dance? Ah. Well, there is a program called Music Together. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it started in Princeton, New Jersey, and it's um, uh, the, the parent or grandparent comes with the child, and you have like a 45 minute session of singing and dancing exactly right. that so yeah. i'm i'm looking for um getting into that in september to do that with him oh, oh i know cool. I'm, really, yeah. I'm really excited i just had a question about the bands you played with so many different bands did you form the band yes. did you bring your arrangements for them yes. to play yes i formed cool. the bands i got them i called them all to rehearse at my house i had a big big room as a music studio i was so lucky uh, yeah, I was like the den mother, you know, it's like I put the whole thing together. And um, sometimes it was a little odd because they were all men. And, you know, I was the only female and they would want to talk and mess around. And sometimes it took a while to get serious and get started. Oh, yeah, but we did. And they were they were excellent musicians. So every turn, everything turned and out. And then fine. did you end up having to do all your own marketing and and booking gigs and oh all yeah of that too mm -hmm. yeah. it's a lot it's a real lot well on on not such a uh, a celebrated level i i have done music uh i have written music for film and mm -hmm. i also scored both film and television programs ah cool tell us my my husband michael and i did a he produced and i wrote the music for uh the movie's called The Sourlands. It's, it's a local area of New Jersey that's um, mountainous and needs to be taken care of. And um, I wrote the, you know, the initial sort of theme song and then used stock music ah. that I uh, found, which is, there's some really fantastic stock music out there. And that I got um, in much earlier days when I worked as a music supervisor on soap operas in New York City. Really? I worked, on, I worked <laughs> on the two shows, Search for Tomorrow oh. and, and Edge of Night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. it was I so much fun. Those. Yeah. So you had to do, you had to score them. Like they, they filmed every day. So you were scoring as you watched it. I mean, was that, well, no, the, the way it worked was I, I didn't write the music. There was, mm. I worked for Elliot Lawrence, who was a band leader in the forties and founded a, um, his own company with a music library. He had like maybe four or five composers that wrote this music. Mm. And so I was given the scripts every week and I knew all the songs in the libraries and I had to pick which ones went ah. to the middle of the scene, which ones went at the end, which is called the sting. And uh, 
<laughs> you know, if you can remember at the end, there's always a before oh, yeah. the oh, oh yeah. I think it might be the mother. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's so connected to the old oh, silent movies with the organist playing yeah. the right. soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this my was gosh. pretty sophisticated wow. music. Oh, it I was bet. it was cool too. I got to meet um Mel Torme, who was a guest on the oh. on the show once, and John Aniston was a regular character, mm-hmm. and that's Jennifer Aniston's father. Right. right. Wow. Cool. A couple other famous people. Oh. But it was a fun job. Oh, what was yeah. Mel Torme like? Was he a sweetie? Yeah, he was. He was kind of quiet, but um, mm-hmm. very nice. I figure anyone who could write uh, that beautiful song, you know, chestnuts roasting on yes. open. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. he's got to be a good guy oh, if he wrote yeah. that song. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Um, that sounds so, cre- what a creative environment that it must was. have been. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, and it, it was in the CBS building. And I think my greatest thrill was to be in the cafeteria line. And I looked in front of me and it was Captain Kangaroo. Oh yes, Bob oh, Keishan. If yeah. you're if you're old as as old as I am, you remember that show, Captain Kangaroo. Yeah, I remember it too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it was on when I was little. I think it may have been reruns, <laughs> but it was on. Yeah, wow. that was fun. Aww, how That's old were really you cool. when you were doing this? I was um, like 29, 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was young. That seems young now. Did it require a lot of hours working in that medium? Well, fortunately, I shared the job with another woman. So we, mm-hmm. we, uh, I did half of it and she did the other half. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so neat. Yeah. Well, tell me about Willow Weep for me. What, what does that um, bring up for you? What's... Well, I, I was attracted to it because a woman wrote it, first of all, which mm. is kind of unusual in those days. I just like the sound of it. I, um, I changed the tempo from four, four into six, eight. Mm. So it had a, a feeling of three into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the words are kind of, it's kind of sad, but I just like the sound of it. Pretty much. That was it. Weep for me, weep in sympathy. Bend your branches down along the ground to cover me. When the shadows fall, bend a willow and weep for me. I love the octave drop. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of cool. You don't see that. Not the easiest song to sing, I know. It does have some challenges in there. Yeah, but it seems like it would be wide open for improvising too. Yeah. Well, this was um, when I was just singing, I was singing, not playing piano and the band I have is just killer, so. Nothing better than singing with a great band. So exciting. I know, I really, I look forward to hearing you in person one day. (laughs) That would be really neat. So Carol, before we go, is there anything that you'd like to add? Well, I guess I would say in, in closing that I I would love to have people listen to my music. I love your music, all of it. 
Me too. And we'll put all the information in the liner notes. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to do this. It was really, really good to go back and pull all this stuff together. I wrote four pages on the computer of all my all my ideas and uh, it was a wonderful experience. So I, I really bless both of you for giving me this opportunity. Aww, thank you. Thank you. It's completely our pleasure. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye, Carol. Bye. Oh, Barb, that was so good. I find the most interesting thing about listening to music is how much more it can convey than simply words. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The text is wonderful, but I really believe her music elevates it. Absolutely. And I know I've learned so much from you as well about how music speaks to so much more of our subconscious mind, our emotional life. It's, it's just so interesting listening to two musicians talk about what they love. So thank you. That was fun. And our, our next guest is somebody who knows a lot about the unconscious mind. We're having Lisa Hubler on again. He's going to give us some help in these trying times. I am so looking forward to speaking to Lisa. She is part of the reason I'm still sane in this <laughs> difficult, confusing world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I love you. I'll see you later. Love you. Bye. Bye. This is not intended to be a substitute for therapy. We are not medical or legal experts. We share our journey only to entertain and inform. Stronger in the Broken Places is available everywhere you get podcasts. Find us on social media at Free Yourself Through. So until next time... Remember to listen to each other and be kind. Hmm.